Hello, beholders. Before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to take a minute and just pray for the situation in Nashville with the school shooting. We know a lot of us are just really heavy-hearted and grieving over just the senseless evil and just the the reality that we live in a broken, fallen world and things like this happen. And no matter how much they happen, we we still uh, feel the weight of it and we never want to stop grieving with those who grieve and we never want to stop believing and hoping that and trusting that God is good even in the midst of such pain and evil. So join your hearts with us now as we just pray for the families, we pray for the community, and we just pray for God's kingdom to come. Join me. God, we we have to just remember in times like this who you are. We know that even when it seems like all hope is lost, um, we know, God, that you have overcome the world, that you are the victorious one. And one day we will live in the fullness of that reality when your kingdom comes. But now in this moment when we, when we feel the tension and the grief and the loss of living in a, in a world that is corrupted by sin, we know, God, that your comfort for us is real. We know that our hope in you is secure. And we know that the help that you give us, the grace, and the mercy, the strength that you provide for us is real. And so, God, we just pray that you would be the God of all comfort to the families that are grieving. And we pray, God, that the community there in Nashville would just sense your presence and your life in the midst of senseless death. God, we pray that you would just rise up the faith community. I pray that they would be able to just witness and represent the hope that they have in Jesus. And I pray that they would be able to just represent your heart as they grieve, but as they also forgive and move forward and look to the future. God, we know that there's so many issues to to wrestle with and consider in times like this. And so I just pray for your church worldwide, that you would help us to just keep our eyes fixed on you, that you would help us to not lose heart and help us to trust that you have overcome the world, that you are the victorious one. And we share in that victory as our faith and our hope is in you and you alone. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Behold podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm joined by the one and only Dan Gillette, as usual. How do you know it's actually me and not some AI? Maybe it is. Ooh, no one will ever know. It's a deep fake. Behold, brought to you by ChatGPT. <laughs> no, it's really me, guys. It's really me. 
And uh, we have an amazing guest with us today, too. Do we not? We do. The also one and only Mr. Stephen Greenaway. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's, what a pleasure. You you look amazing. You, you look so incredibly uh, jacked. So, so 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 big and swole, dude. It's almost. Tell them what you're doing. Tell them like about this challenge your shirt, you're doing. Dude. It's not a part of the plan. You look guys. yacked. Bro. What are you What are you doing every day this year? Tell Tell the audience. They're dying to know. <laughs> and this is what happens. You can't, Hey, you step You step into the batter's box here on the Behold podcast. You got to be ready for the heat, bro. Well, Laura, my wife, and I, we don't have a gym membership, and neither of us like gyms or have any desire to be in them. And <laughs> so we're constantly just trying to find just challenges or just ways to get exercise in. And mid-November, I woke up with the idea, I wonder if it's possible to just like do 100,000 push-ups in a year. <laughs> what, a, what a terrible... Sadistic thought. (laughs) And so I decided I'm doing it. And I knew that, you know, having accountability would be better and have uh, increased my chances of success. So I texted a bunch of guys to join me. So Dan is actually also doing it. Right. I'm uh, I'm not doing it as successfully as you are, but, <laughs> but I am still in the game and I am committed. So I'm a little bit behind. We had a vacation, uh, <laughs> some sicknesses. I feel like I've been perpetually sick this whole year, but I'm chipping away at it. I'm a little bit behind, but I'm committed to catching up. So, so what are you having to do every day in order to do that? And what's the math? Break it down for us. Well, if you don't want to do any breaks, if you don't want to have any rest days, right. it's just 274 a day. Right. But if you do want, you know, you can get to some rest surplus. on the weekends. Right, right. You need to do more like 350 to 400 a day in order to get those breaks. Um, otherwise, you get behind really easy. Right, right. You get sick or you go on a trip where you don't have the time or you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, anyways, it's no wonder that you're looking jacked. This it, guys. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great to have you. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for, for the push, right? We all need... We all need, whether it's physically or spiritually or in our professions or just our, our personal goals, right? We all, we, we need a push from now, from time and time again, right? And that's why yeah. it's so great to live uh, with brothers and sisters in, in community and and uh, just, I don't know, to like, to, to, to ch- anytime we can be challenged, I think it's, yeah. it's good and healthy. And it's, and it's helpful to encourage each other to, to get into the habit of things and keep keep building those habits yeah and sometimes it's easy just to do it but other times you need other people so thank you dan you're yeah. actually the only guy of like 15 everybody guys else that started yeah and stay tuned at the end to the, at the end of the podcast because we will list those names we, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna out all of those guys that bailed um and i do want to say laura's <laughs> also in it she's just doing twenty thousand push-ups in a year oh, only twenty thousand. Oh, man, yeah. she's a boss i'm <laughs> So impressed. That's so awesome. Wow. Well, we're done beholding you and your swollenness now. <laughs> let's let's turn our eyes to beholding the Lord now. Yes, let's. a much greater endeavor. That was the for original sure. plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, you know that we are in our Easter teaching series right now, and uh, it's called Risen. And specifically, you know, we're we're talking in this series about the reality that if we believe that we are buried with Christ and risen with him, then that means that 
just like he's risen indeed, and we say that all the time during Easter, then so aren't we. We're, we're a risen people, or at least we should be. You know, our lives and different areas of our lives should be changed and and elevated and more beautiful in a way uh, like it never was before, right? And so week one, Charlie talked about at the crossing, um, our standing before God, this idea of righteousness and justification for sin. And then week two, we got downgraded in teacher quality to the the one and only Sean Hell shows me talking about freedom. And so today we are here to continue on that discussion about just what freedom looks like for people who are risen indeed. Amen. Amen. Hey, no need to, uh, you know, to be self-deprecating. Okay, Sean, you did an amazing job. Thank you. And it's been so cool just to, to hear from you more often. And also just want to commend you because we, we had kind of some interesting uh, technical difficulties on Sunday morning at the crossing. And so the live stream completely uh, went kaput. And no, nobody out there um, in the internet land got to hear just the word that you had. <clears throat> and so we powered through. But then there's all these co- these co- comments just came streaming in like, we want to hear Sean. Oh, uh, and so Sean, for the third time, did it yesterday. Uh, where, where were you, in the studio when you did it, or did we, you actually go down there and do it? We, we were going to do it down there, but it didn't really work out, so we did it in the studio. And Yeah, it was a little weird, to be honest. To give a message, you had to give <clears throat> the same message just to a camera, but it was kind of, did you have any COVID uh, flashbacks, any PTSD? A, a little bit. You know, it's just like every, everyone has their own teaching styles and communication styles. I, I think that my style is somewhat interactive. Like I like you asking like to feed questions off the energy and stuff. And, stuff yeah. and so it's weird like preparing in that way and then you're just talking to a camera, you know? Well, thanks for doing that. And I know a lot of people will be blessed by that, especially there's a lot of S2 groups, those sermon series groups that really rely on that content to to – drive the, their conversations in their, in their VBC group. So thanks for, for battling and doing that. And it was a great message. Praise God. Yeah. Steven, you were there. What was, what was something that kind of, um, you've been chewing on what, what's, what, what kind of sparked you as, as you listened and as you've been processing the last few days? Yeah. Something that Sean was saying that really stood out to me was the concept of walking and it's not just something that just transformation all the transformation that the lord's doing is just going to happen without you practicing or walking Mm. in anything and so the concept of being free like you do have the ability now to walk in the spirit in what the lord is demonstrating in front of you and demonstrating in your heart you're able to put that into practice um, before, before you had a regenerated heart through Christ, you didn't have the freedom to mm. do that. And now you do. However, the thing that I was really chewing on and just reminding myself of is it's very easy to not act as if you are free because you're so habituated into that slavery. And not to say that years spent with the Lord are equal to years spent away from him. But like for me, I didn't start living for Jesus until my junior year in high school. Yeah. And so for 
the majority of my life I've been living in the flesh and not having any practice living for the Lord. Wow. And to th- it it gives a little a little more understanding of why it might be so difficult to to see that you can say no to sin and see that you can walk by the spirit and not walk by the flesh. You know, I just think that that's a that's a the concept of being free in Christ and free from sin is a hard concept to apply. Yeah. The concept of you know, we died with Christ and we were resurrected with Christ. Yeah. You know, what Sean was talking about in um in his sermon just the concept of you need to view it that way. Consider yeah. yourself dead to yeah. sin yeah, yeah, yeah. and alive with Christ. We are resurrected indeed. Right. And if we're not thinking that way, then we're just going to drop back into that old way of life. Well, it's, a, it's such a great point, too. And, and just makes me, I mean, what you're saying is when you're set free in Christ, it's not just then this, this passive life where you just sit there, right? Yeah. You, you, it's an active participation of living as, as you're free. And I love Sean, you brought up that, that analogy of that guy who, that YouTuber, right. Who, yeah. who was incarcerated and then was set free and, and is talking about, well, now how do I act that I'm on the outside? Right. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, that's a really difficult transition is if they've been locked up for so many years, they've, they've just been so habituated, like you said, Stephen, to, to a certain way of life and they get out and they don't have to do themselves. Right. And I think something you said, Stephen, that's so, so important, and obviously it harkens back to what you were saying, Sean, but the way, the primary way that we develop those habits, the the, the first step and the ongoing um, thing that's going to help us do that is just changing the way we think, right? We have to develop new patterns of thinking that are in line with the freedom that we have in Christ. And that's that's kind of where the process starts, and that's what keeps the process going of, of living like we actually are yeah. free and it's, it's an active thing. We, we can't just passively sit back and let it happen. Um, and I couldn't help but, but think about Galatians chapter five, mm-hmm. as I was listening to your message. And I know we've only got a finite amount of time and you, you brought in, you obviously had a lot of, uh, uh, ground to cover in Romans yeah. and there's, there's a million different helper, helper passages we could bring in, but Maybe we could maybe we could just unpack a little bit of of Galatians five, a little bit, and um, I mean it starts right off the right off the bat that famous verse in verse one for freedom Christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery, and I know I'd love to just talk about about what your guys' thoughts are on, um, you know, what are we, how, what tools has God given us. Um, to to develop this pattern of thinking that helps us live free rather than than as slaves. Yeah, I, I love that. I thought about both Galatians five and also Romans eight. Like, can I work these in? But it's just right. it's there's so much, much ground you know? to cover. Yeah, that's what the podcast is for. As it is, I went long. So sorry yeah. for you people on Sunday. But um, yeah, you know, one of the things I think about, like to Stephen's point about just how murky it can be to think about this stuff, is sometimes. We think about freedom as like 
just our like status, you know, it's like, oh, now I'm free, I guess. Like, what does that mean? <clears throat> and one of the visualizations I think about sometimes is like, we're in a broken world, you know, it's almost like we're in this like, like picture almost like Lord of the Rings, like this like marsh. And it's like so icky and like, there's no clear path through and like, there's dangers everywhere and, and death is trying to get at you and it's just, mm. it's just corrupt, you know? Yeah. And then now, like what I consider freedom to be is that God has given us a path that is safe. He's given us a path that is, that is protected from those effects of death in our life. But it's up to me to decide whether I'm going to walk on the path or not, you know? And every day I have to decide that. And so two things moment come to mind. Moment by moment, day by moment day. Moment by moment, actually. yeah. Two things come to mind for me. One is we're talking about walking in freedom. You have to know the path, you know? You have to know what the path is. And for us, when we're talking about the path, we're talking about God's word. We're talking about following what Jesus told us to do. Um, but then Galatians 5 really hits on this idea of walking in the spirit, which I love. And it, it just makes sense because, you know, like in John 14 and 16, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit's role in our lives is to bring to our remembrance what Jesus teaches us. You know, he says that his role in our, in our lives is to convict us of sin and, and righteousness and truth, you know. And so I'm just picturing this marsh, marsh environment situation again. It's like, man, there's such a sweetness and freedom in that, in that if I get lost in the marsh, as long as I've done that work and I know what the path is, then the Holy Spirit will always be there 24-7, indwelt in us forever, always, to turn us back to the path. But we have to do that work to know what the path is in the first place, right? Is that is that part of the conversation on the that word consider? So you taught on that, Stephen. You just brought that up right now. And maybe I'll go to you, Stephen. What... How, how Sean unpacked that, that it's it's really analogous or similar to what we talk about with the Behold podcast, right? It's this, mm -hmm. it's this, um, you, you know, Gary, um, Gary used to always, uh, Darnell, I forgot his last name, right? Gary Darnell used to always teach, it's kind of this idea of, of, your, of your horizon, right? You, you look up and in your mind's eye, what do you see, right? What do you, it's this deep, um, you know, can, to consider is like a deep look, like a deep thought, you know, um, to really let uh, this idea be central. So how does that relate to this idea of like walking in the spirit and, and finding that path, Sean, you know, mm. what do you guys yeah. think? I have a, a story that I always think of when I'm th thinking about walking in the spirit. There was a trip that I went on with a group and I was not. I was told that there would not be snow where we were going. <laughs> well, I was told. And that was back when I wore sandals all the time. Nice. So I didn't bring any boots or shoes or anything like that. And we went on a hike. And I'd say halfway through the hike, we encountered snow. And I was walking in my sandals at first and just going through the snow, just, you know, just trying to tough it out. But eventually you know, start going through the stages, you know, starting to feel a little, you know, super cold, then <laughs> numb, then it started to feel like tingling, then oh you start to feel pain. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to get frostbite. <laughs> and so out of desperation, I, I start walking in people's footsteps and we've got this buddy Dodge who he's like the tallest, strongest human biggest footed human that I've <laughs> he's big known. He's, he's like a ginger <laughs> beer. You know, yeah, beer. exactly. 
And so he's, I, I quickly realized he's the best footprints to jump into. <laughs> and being Dodge, he sees that I'm walking in his steps and he starts not only like taking long strides, <laughs> he starts jumping oh from one spot God. to the next. What a terror. That sounds so Dodge like. <laughs> and it was, but it was very clear which steps I'm supposed to be stepping in. And it, it got real bad when I wasn't walking in Dodge's mm. footsteps. And I just instantly think of, you know, walking by the spirit. You, you've got different paths in this life. You know, we can talk about the small or the narrow path or the broad path. Um, the, the narrow path, it does, God does say, hey, my yoke is easy, but it is a yoke. It's still this thing that's on your shoulders pulling you along and that you got to work with and my burden is light so it's there's still a burden so it's not easy mm-hmm. it's it's not uh just like you know there can be difficulty yeah and there is difficulty in walking in jesus footsteps in the lord's footsteps um but relative to the yoke of slavery it is so different and it is way easier than being mastered by sin and the flesh. Mm. And it's not a matter of like freedom in Christ is not a matter of, Oh, I'm my own master now. Yeah. No freedom from the master of sin and the flesh and of death. Freedom is actually now you are choosing to make God, your master, which is what the word Lord means. So when we think of freedom, it's, hey, now you have the freedom to not just be sinning all the time or or walking by the flesh. Now you have the freedom to walk by the spirit and you're literally watching the spirit work in you and around you and through the word, watching his footsteps. He's demonstrating it for us. He doesn't say, do this. I've never done this before, but you can do it. Mm. He he walks in front of us, you know, just like Dodge walking in front of me. Mm-hmm. Without the jumping, though. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and he's calling us to, you know, keep in step yeah. with him. That's so good. And it it can be hard, but it is way better than anything that the world offers or that our flesh offers it le- that all leads to more death. Yeah. And walking by the spirit leads to more and more life. Did you were you able to keep all your toes? Did I you did. Me? <laughs> I ended up at, <laughs> after lunch, the I used Ziploc bags to like oh, put my smart. feet into. It's true desperation. Which really helped and I didn't get any frostbite. Yeah. I have uh, a picture online. It's uh, I think on Facebook or something. You can Try to find it. Wow. Uh, I I love I love that that picture of there there is a there is a burden there is a way there is a path and it's not just a free for all just do whatever but it's so clear when you when you go to places like Romans eight or Galatians five that that there is this this picture of of the outcome of each. Yeah, you know, like Romans eight talks about, man, if you live by the flesh, it's just going to produce death. 
in your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you live by the Spirit, it's going to produce life and peace and righteousness. And you know, Galatians five talks about hey, the the works of the flesh are are evident, <laughs> right? It's all this nasty stuff. It's sexual immorality. It's idolatry. You know, jealousy, fits of anger, whatever the whole list, right? Yeah. But then. <laughs> He says that the the fruit of the spirit, man, you're talking about joy and peace and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. I mean, what a what a stark contrast for us, you know. And I think it's really uh, a great verse to look, a couple verses to look at for this conversation because if you look before before Paul in, in Galatians five kind of paints those two pictures in verses thirteen and fourteen, he says, "You were called to freedom, brothers." Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So this idea of, like you were saying, Stephen, freedom in Christ doesn't mean I get to make my own choices. It's a free for all. I can do whatever I want. No, there's there, there's a way to, there's a way of freedom that that we walk. And and he says so. Instead of using it as this opportunity to just do whatever you want, love and serve one another. And then verse fourteen: For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. This is what Jesus said. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the that's the greatest commandment. Yeah. You know, love God, love people. And when we're when we're talking about our freedom, I mean, th- don't you think, Sean, that that's a great kind of a central idea to just hold on to? Because I think so so much of the choices we make, we can either decide. I mean, it's really clear to us as we're making them, or or, or as we're thinking about making them. Hey, am I doing this to to to, you know, love and serve myself, or am yeah. I doing this to love and serve someone? No, hundred percent. And I love that it's like a it's like a litmus test for our hearts. You know, totally. just what's my motivation here? Um, and yeah, I just I think this is such an important thing for us to think about because, especially here in America, you know, we have a distorted view of what freedom is supposed to be. You know, here in America, we are pretty consumed with the idea that. What's most important as a society, as an individual in life, is that I have the freedom to do whatever the heck I want to do. You know, I shared that survey I did and people's definition, that that's what people think of freedom as. And they really emphasize that over other things. But like in Galatians 5, you just talked about it at the end of Romans 6. You know, there's this picture that we're human. We are broken humans and there's only two scenarios for our lives. Either... We are actively slaves to the master of righteousness. We're servants. We're taking on the easy yoke to do his work, which is a light burden. Or we are actively serving the master of death, leading to all those fruits of the flesh you described. Like Romans 6, again, the fruit of serving that master is death. There's there's no way around that. And so I think we forget that if we are prioritizing our own personal freedom over being a slave to God, then even though we might think so or feel like it, we're serving the enemy. We are, we are actively serving the enemy if that's the, our, our way of thinking about life. And that's, that's kind of a mind trip to think about, you know, because we're, we're really brought up thinking that individualism and being able to do whatever I want to do, that's, that's a good thing. That's, that's a positive thing, right? And not to say that, like, I don't enjoy the freedoms I have here in America, you know, but the point is there's a certain yielding in our heart in our mind that we're not taught as we grew up. Like you talked about that, our habits of sin, just our upbringing, we don't know what we don't know. But we're just not brought up with this idea that actually the purpose for your life is to yield yourself to someone else's will. You know, that, that's, that's, mm. that's a foreign thing until you encounter Christ. 
And it will be until we're reunited with him again. And so it takes work for us to keep coming back to that of just know the purpose of my life is, is, is to be yielding myself. And I think that really comes into play with what you're talking about with, yeah, you, you, you walk in the spirit and how do you do that? What are you supposed to do with that freedom? You're supposed to use it to love other people, to serve other people and not even just to do it how you think, but to love them the way that God tells you to love them. You know, that's a whole other thing. People can think in their own definitions of love or whatever that looks like in their history or baggage. Yeah, I'm loving you, but are you, are you doing it the way that God's asking you to, you know, or just what, what's most convenient for you right now? So anyways, all that to say, hundred percent, I agree that, that, that litmus test of just selflessness and humility and love can be an easy slap on your, your, your conscience Mm. to, to let you know how you're walking. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to just God has given us these tools to the cool thing, like what you said, Stephen, is it's it's not hard. I mean, it's not um, it's not easy, but it's not as as you know crushing and burdensome as as it is to 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 live according to the flesh, right? There, there, it requires effort and sacrifice and we're, we're going to have to make some tough choices, right? So it's not easy, but it is clear. And I, I love that God does that for us. You know, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't play games with us the way Dodge did on that hike, you know, <laughs> jumping around and, and, and unnecessarily making you kind of jump through these hoops. He, he doesn't do that. He, he says, look, here's my way. And I'm going to give you everything that you need to understand that way given you my my word that is is timeless and perfect and infallible i've given you my spirit that is um going to convict you of of you know what's good and what's what's not good is going to take all the things that i've taught you and make them real in your life he's going to give you peace and comfort and guidance along the way he's given us a conscience that that his spirit speaks to uh, you know and and reveals to us and convicts to us what is God's way? He's given us a faith community that we can um, bounce ideas off of and people that will speak into our life and and restore us if we're off of that path. Uh, I mean, can you guys think of anything else? What, what else is, what other resources and tools has God given us to, to help us find that way and stay on the track? Well, one thing that I think about with, you know, the concept of like, oh, it's not easy, but, you know. <laughs> It's easier than... Yeah. <clears throat> or maybe better. It's just better. Yeah. I, I think just our definition of easy versus the Lord's, you know, one of the tools that he gives us is he renews our mind. And so it's changing our perspective and understanding that, okay, from my perspective, this does not seem like an easy burden. Yeah. Uh, or, a, or a light burden or... A, but we don't have all the information god has all the information past present future he knows all the intricacies and the complexities when you combine all the you know all the events in history or the history of your life and from his perspective from his mind he says this is easy and my burden is light and so for me, that's helpful to allow scripture to renew my mind, knowing that God is sovereign. He 
knows he has all the information. And from his perspective, he's saying that walking by his spirit is an easier yoke. Mm. And it's a light burden. And I, <laughs> there are times in my life, and unfortunately there are few, where I take on that perspective. But I'm, I'm training to habituate my mind to putting it, okay, stop, stop thinking of it in your perspective. Let's take it from God's perspective. He has all the information here. And he says that his way is better. And relatively to anything else, this is the one that will give rest for your for your soul. Yeah. And, you know, I, I pray and my hope is that I go throughout life and more and more it's easy for me to allow God's spirit to renew my mind on that perspective and trusting him yeah so that it's not so difficult to walk by the spirit <laughs> man i'm so glad that you brought that up because sometimes when we're talking about this topic of freedom and like walking in accordance with the, the, the word and everything it can be easy to think of it as just like all right i just gotta know god's word and follow the rules and then i'll be free you know <clears throat> but that totally misses the point of this being a relationship you know, come like on, I love your picture on, of, of us walking in the snow because it's like this, the whole point, the whole basis for your freedom has to come from your trust in who we're talking about. You know, like we're talking about being a slave to, to the enemy or a slave to God. You have to trust who you're serving, who trust who you're being a, a servant to. And like I think about the beholding process, we talk about this podcast all the time and I talked about it on Sunday. That's the point of that process. Is not just to read the rule book and become acquainted with the rules. No, it's to behold the glory of the Lord, to behold who he is in our lives, to build that trust in your heart that, yes, he is sovereign. He is all-knowing. He is trustworthy and faithful. Like, I can depend on him right now, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so good. That that makes me think of the, the story in the Gospels of the rich young ruler mm. coming to Jesus. So you can read about it in Mark 10. But basically this, this guy comes up to Jesus and he says, Hey, what do I, what do I, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Yep. And Jesus ha having the benefit of being able to look into his heart, he said, Oh, that's easy. All you have to do is just follow all of my commandments. Easy. And which is kind of an odd thing for Jesus to say, because we know that righteousness comes by faith <laughs> and that, that's that's how we have our sins absolved and that's how we we inherit eternal life right but jesus said that because he 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 could see into the heart of this self-righteous uh you know high society guy who, who he thought very highly of himself and he revealed that because he answered jesus by saying oh that's great i've been i've kept all of your commandments since i was a boy yeah you know which <laughs> first of all is uh, false. Yeah, impossible. <laughs> yeah, no one can do that. Uh, no, no one can keep the law perfectly. And second of all, it really again revealed his his self righteousness. And so Jesus was like, "Okay, great." Knowing he had great wealth, he said, "All you got to do is just give, sell everything you have, and give your money to the poor, and come follow me." Yeah. And it said that it, the text says that he, the rich young ruler, left sad because he had great wealth. And 
what you see in that is somebody who who liked the idea of Jesus and really liked the idea of, of what Jesus could give, <laughs> yep. eternal life, but he his heart was not all in. His heart had not fully beheld the glory of God in the face of Christ. Dude. And so he loved his stuff more than he loved Jesus. And it makes me think of what you taught in verse 17, right? Thanks be to God that you were once slaves to sin, right? So that's all of us. We're all in that same predicament. Mm-hmm. We, No matter what your story is, no matter how how much of the law you've kept or how, how little of the law you've kept, we're all slaves to sin because we're, because of the, the brokenness of humanity, right? And because of the choices we make, right? But now you have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And you've been set free. And now you've become slaves of righteousness. So, so that, that phrase right there, obedient from the heart, that's the thing that this rich young ruler was lacking. Yeah. He, 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 he was all, all about being morally upright and following the rules and doing all the right things ever since he was a little boy. But his heart was not uh, set on Jesus as his ultimate love, his ultimate king, his ultimate savior. Amen. And so if, if that's not where you're at, you're never going to experience the freedom that Christ offers. Dude, that's a word. And and I love that you brought up that verse 17 because it says obedient from the heart to the standard or form of teaching, like to the actual truth of God's word. And you just said it, like the rich young ruler, he liked the idea of Jesus, right? but not actual Jesus. Right. And like, <laughs> dude, we, we do this today still, like having conversations with people whether it be from within the Christian faith or from Mormon church I'm talking to or whoever, it's like on face value, you start these conversations and it's like, yeah, you love Jesus too, sweet. <laughs> and then you get into it. I'm like, oh, we're not talking about the same Jesus. You know, no. you have an idea of Jesus in your head and you'll do things in the name of that Jesus. But I don't think it's the Jesus we see in God's word, no. you know, which reminds me of Matthew seven, right? When Jesus is like, yeah. Some people are going to come to the kingdom of heaven and they're going to be like, Lord, I did this in your name. I prophesied mm. in your name. I did great works in your name. He's going to say, I never even knew you, you know, because those people were probably same thing, more consumed with the idea of Jesus than actually knowing what God's word says he is in our lives. Right. When going back to the study in Luke, I know we're taking a break from Luke, but that you see so many people who are drawn to Jesus. They have some kind of encounter with him. But some of them have their hearts arrested and raptured and and they behold the glory of God in the face of Christ and they they take up their cross and they mm-hmm. they 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 leave everything to come follow him. But then you see some people that that are again are drawn and they're interested and they're amazed or they want what Jesus has to offer, but they haven't had their hearts completely shifted and changed. They haven't had that personal encounter with Jesus. And so when things get too tough, when the teaching gets too too extreme, when the call gets too hard, they bail. And man, I think that the same kind of situation and dynamic happens today, even in the church. I think there's some people Amen. who are, they're here and they're part of what, what God's doing here, but kind of... Uh, their heart isn't engaged. Do you agree, Stephen? What do you think? Yeah. And can you list names of those people? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the well, scripture is very clear that 
God is for, he, he desires our heart. He desires to relate with us or have a personal relationship with us. That's why he calls us his father out of all the human relationships. That yeah. You could describe it as he's our good father, a perfect father. And the goal of that relationship is for trust, which leads to obedience. And so it's both of those. Like both, like uh, a good, like when I look at myself and trying to assess how am I doing with the Lord, it's, am I seeing both of those in my heart? Am I, do I have joy of the Lord and I have that affection for him? And through that, is that causing a, a greater trust in him, which is leading to obedience? Mm. Or is it just the good feelings mm. and not the obedience? Or is it the obedience but none of the heart? And I think of in Luke 10 with Martha and Mary when they have Jesus over and Mary sitting down at the foot of Jesus listening mm. to his teachings, but Martha's busy serving and she's like, Jesus, tell my... <laughs> Tell my sister, who's listening to your teachings, tell my sister to help me serve. Yeah. And Jesus is like, Martha, Martha, you worry about a lot of things, but your sister has chosen the thing that really matters, yeah. which is my teaching. And, and what convicts me about that story is that Martha invited Jesus into her home, but she didn't invite his teachings into her home. And so she was all about having that relationship with him, but she was more focused. She had other priorities besides learning from him. Wow. And I think that can happen to believers. And that happens to me all the time where I'm all about the Lord and having his him presence. around. Yeah. But I, I want to leave his teachings outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's great. I mean, cause Jesus, Jesus said a lot of things like, Hey, I'm not going to compete with, with these other idols, these other things that you love, you can't put them on the same level as me, right? I need I'm, I need to be first and and central and the priority in your life, and you can't just pick and choose which parts of me <laughs> you're going to love and follow. It's it, you're all in, or 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 you can't. You're not worthy of of me, you know. And I think. The, this is a great time to bring in the conversation too, Sean, of sanctification, which you unpacked so great on Sunday, is we, because I think we can, we need to get to a point where we have that heart, where it's like, yes, I want you, Jesus, above my family. I want you, Jesus, above my my goals and my dreams, and I want you above the the sin that I, that I used to cling to. You are the most important, glorious thing and person in my life, and and we get to that point. I think that's that's the that's the moment of conversion where we put our faith in Christ. But then the process continues, right? Because we never stop being formed into the image of Christ, and that's the idea of sanctification. And so that heart can kind of we can uh, we can struggle to maintain that, or as we go further down the road, it, maybe it gets harder, and there's more temptations and more things that creep in. And so it's it's a process, Sean. I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. 
You know, absolutely. I think that there's a, and I said this on Sunday, there's a certain just simple practicality about this that I think is really beautiful when we're talking about freedom in your life. Because, um, you know, it's like, we're not just called to follow in Jesus' footsteps. We're also called to become more and more like him, right? <clears throat> just think about like, just some of the implications of that. Like picture this, the hiking in the snow thing again, you know? It's like, man, hallelujah and praise God that we can follow in his footsteps and they're trustworthy. But then just adding to the beauty of that, that in his kindness, as we follow him, we're learning the path. We're, we're understanding better where to step, where is safe, where is not safe. We are learning that, hey, if I put Ziploc bags on my feet, I'll be protected from this, <laughs> this aspect of this hardship, whatever that looks like, you know? So not only are you, you personally being blessed by that and you're personally experiencing less hardship because you have learned from your, from our father's footsteps, but also, man, we, we can then tell other people, Hey, come, let me help, let me help you show you the way. Let me help you. Let me help show you the father's way that he showed me in my life, you know, which of course we talk about a lot, just that principle of being discipled and being a discipler to others, you know? So anyways, there's, there's a simplicity about the, the idea of, and you said the word habits earlier, just building habits of practicing righteousness in your life. Because pick your poison, whatever your, the sin issue is you want to talk about. And I gave this like flow chart on Sunday. Originally, that will begin as a life of sin. Like you said, before we put our trust in Jesus, that's just who you are. You're, it's a life of sin, period. But then when you do, and you have that moment where you trust him above all else, then the language shifts. All of a sudden, we're talking about something that's more like a sin struggle, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're, this is good. Yeah. We're wrestling with it, and we're trying to bring it before the Lord, and Satan tempts us, and we're fighting with it, and we're just we're fighting the fight. That's a sin struggle, right? But then the expectation is, if we're really beholding whatever that issue is, Jesus's character and faithfulness in regards to that in our lives, and we're really practicing and trying to walk in that righteousness like He would in our lives then just out of the, the practicality of doing it, we're going to build habits in our life, habits of righteousness around that issue. What, what once was a life of sin and death then became a sin struggle, and now it's a habit in my life that when that thing happens, I'm going to take it and throw it to God immediately. Yeah, and that, that's victory. That's freedom. That is a that's... victory over sin. And it says, like in verse 14 of Romans 6, for sin will have no dominion over you. That's, what, that's the promise. And I think the collection of those habits is what ends up being a sanctified you and I. You know, that we are we are closer to who Jesus is because we've done the work of taking on his yoke and walking in the path that is hard work, but so much better than the alternative, right? And and the fruit of that, like it says in the end of Romans 6, is sanctification and the logical result conclusion of our sanctification, which is the benefit of eternal life now. Yeah, and that's the not only the the the, the quantity, like we're, our life is gonna continue. Um, because we're we're united with Christ, we're mm -hmm. resurrected with Him, but also there's a quality of life. And <clears throat> one thing that just I want to encourage us with today is there is a fruit of of this process that you're <clears throat> describing that I I think m might be very central to the idea of freedom, and that is when we are walking according to God's way, when we're walking in obedience to the standard of teaching from the heart that we saw in verse 17, there's a lightness that we can live with, right? Because we can, we all know the experience of, oh, I hope someone doesn't find out about dot, dot, dot. I told this lie. And if I get caught, it's going to mean blah, 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 blah. 
that's a weight, right? Oh man, I hope no one sees my browser history. Like that, okay, that that's a weight, right? There's yeah. there's um there's a kind of uh, a bondage that comes from having this like secret sin that you're walking in and you know we being found out of that sin and i think we can we can all relate to what that feels like as opposed to you know what i'm not doing it perfectly but i am walking in purity i'm walking in honesty i'm i'm walking in a, a loving service towards others so i'm 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 in my dealings and my practices with people i I've got no, I've got nothing to be ashamed of, you know? And when I do fall short of the glory of God, I'm walking in confession and calling it into the light and having fellowship with people and with God. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm participating in this process of sanctification. There's a, there's a freedom that comes from just like living a justified life where it's like, Hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm, but I'm walking in sanctification. And when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I sleep the sleep of the just. Amen. <laughs> I sleep a peaceful sleep because I'm there's no secret dark corner of my life that that I'm, you know, holding on to. Yeah. You know, one thing which <clears throat> kind of speaks into why Paul starts Romans 6 the way he does. But one thing that we can do as Christians is we think that we're immune to the effects of sin in our life because we've been saved, which to a degree is true. Eternally that's true. But as far as the right now, every day of our lives, dude, like Paul makes it clear in Romans six, even that, that no, 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 And he's talking to save people and that he's not, it's not talking to, to unsaved people. He's saying, this is the way it is. Period. Yeah. If you serve the, the master of unrighteousness, if you are presenting yourself to as weapons to be used for his purposes, then the fruit you will get right now in your life is death. Yeah, you're and dying the on the inside. You're, yeah, you're dying yeah. on the inside. On yeah. the inside, with in, in relational stuff, whatever yeah, the quality like. of your life is dying. The quality of your life, yeah. like we can't. We sometimes we just we we try to ignore that as Christians. We're like, yeah, yeah. Jesus loves me, so like it'll be okay. But but I think there's a there's a certain just level in which you have to assume that to be true in your life. Yeah, you, you have re- to. You reap what you that. sow. Reap what you sow. And if you sin, like you you might not see it. You might not understand what the effects are. But you have to trust if you sin, there will be effects of death in your life, period. Yeah. And I think to at the risk of sounding unduly harsh, <laughs> I think what you tell me if this is what you mean. Like if you do, if you're living in a pattern of sin, I think is what we're talking about, right? We all we all fall short of the glory. <clears throat> you know, we we erupt in anger or we have moments of pride or whatever. Go right. <clears throat> but I think the the life that is lived in the spirit is this quick response, like, boom, I'm, I'm confessing that sin. I'm, I'm seeking reconciliation. If I've, if I've harmed somebody, I'm, I'm doing business with God on my sin and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm quick twitch right back to walking in the spirit, right? That's going to happen. Right. And that's part of the process of sanctification. But I think what we're talking about in terms of inviting death into our life is like, these ongoing patterns of unrepentance and we're like these habits that we're living. Yeah. I mean, yes and no, like to a degree, mm-hmm. I, I really do think scripture makes it clear that like, even if it's not a habit of sin mm-hmm. in your life, every act of sin will go against God. 
yeah. and go against his plan for humanity. So like, and there's different consequences, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, yeah, like we yeah. might not understand what that looks like, and yeah. like maybe we don't see those effects. But you have to trust the Bible when it says that it happens. Like, yeah, yeah. if I don't have a habit of like habitual lying, but I lie to you today, I'm gonna trust that something negative is gonna come from that, whether it's in my own heart, in my mind, yeah. or our relationship or something like that. You know, so yeah, anyways, that's a great point. we need that's to get super point. into that. But the point is, sin equals death. You know, and 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 obedience and the yoke of Jesus, like you said, is life. Yeah. And so how are you gonna practice that, just practically and functionally? You that's know? good. Okay, can I just? kick us off on one one last little thing before we before we get going i think it would just be great for us if we could get like a little testimonial up in this place up on this pod and just talk about what are some ways that we have you know participated with god in this process um walking in the spirit sanctification considering ourselves dead to sin alive to to to, to god in christ Stephen, maybe you can start us off yeah you know? i can start yeah yeah uh yeah, just something that's at the forefront of my my life right now, and I've shared this with my small group or my life group as well. Uh, it's my tendency to when well, when Laura and I are in conflict or disagreement, it's very easy for me to walk by the flesh be impatient and either avoid it completely and just want to leave <laughs> or I'm harsh, you know? And when I think of walking by the spirit in that situation, I'm thinking, you know, the fruit of the spirit is patience and the fruit of the spirit is gentleness. And in our culture, gentleness that's, you know, some people see gentle as weak. That's not the def the biblical definition of gentle. Gentle is doing what needs to be done without overdoing it. The, like using the least amount of force necessary to still accomplish something. It's not underdoing it. It's not overdoing it. And so for me, my goal in, in this season of my life is to walk in patience I mean, and, you know, looking at how the Lord has demonstrated patience to me, I think all of us can relate. Just, it is impossible to completely understand the depth of his patience with us. Amen. And yet I am not able to have patience <laughs> in this situation with Laura. And so that, you know, just renewing my mind, hey, God been patient with wow, you. That's so good. Can you just share a little bit of that with Laura? <laughs> <laughs> and then with the gentleness part, how gentle has God been with me? You know, if we were in charge of our own sanctification, it, I argue that it would either be way too light yeah, oh, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. way too harsh, depending <laughs> on what area of your life it is. And with the Lord, like he has been so, I look at just different times in my life where he brings up an area of sin in my life that I didn't even know was there at the time, but he knew it was there the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you bring that up earlier? <laughs> but he, 
he was being kind and he was being gentle. Just the and, right amount. Yeah, exactly. Just, the, just the right yeah, amount. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, you know, just challenging myself and you guys can ask Laura, how is Stephen doing at being patient with you and how is he doing at being gentle with you? Because I want, I genuinely do want that. I want that and I believe that it's bringing life to our marriage. And so I, I am trying to be patient and I'm trying to address issues without trying to avoid and just like, you know, often I'll just want to leave, you know, or just like go in the other room and just like, you know, you're right. Let's, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I don't yeah. want to argue about this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or I don't want to resolve this or be on the same page. Like you're fine. You get your way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm just super overdoing it with her and saying things that are not necessary for the conversation or digging up things that don't need to be dug up, you know, so that patience and gentleness, those are two things in my life, you know, speaking of just testimonial, you know, I'm really focusing in on those fruit of the spirit and walking in the spirit in those ways, patience and gentleness specifically my relationship with Laura. So good. Thanks for sharing, bro. It is so good. And I feel like those of you who are married out there, you can probably relate to that. You know, it's in my life. And I think a lot of my friends, marriage is like the most obvious arena in my life in which I see this play out, you know, in that there's a direct correlation between how much I'm beholding Jesus in my life and the way I respond to my wife, you know, and I've seen that happen in both directions. And I think that's a great example of, what the whole walking in step with the spirit process looks like. Cause I don't know about you, but I've had moments with Patty where I'm like very upset or something. Or I feel wrong. No, I never get mad at Patty. Yeah, never. I feel wronged. And then I will remember, it's like a two-step process. I'll remember the example of our savior, like you said. And then immediately upon beholding him in that moment, the spirit will wash away that anger, you know, and just that gentleness just floods you. And I think that really is the, the redemptive work of the Holy spirit in our hearts. Live. That's what it looks like to walk in the step of the Spirit. He reminds you the example of who Jesus really is, what he would do, and then he's so kind to to carry you on that path. Um, one example that I shared on Sunday is, you know, I, one of the th- scriptures I've been beholding and chewing on is Philippians 2, just that example of Christ's humility and really just that idea that, that, that we are to be servants to others, you know, to count others more significant than ourselves in all things. And like Jesus humbled himself to becoming a servant to the point of death on a cross in his obedience, you know? And yeah, we see that the, that the response to that was God bestowing upon him the name that's above every other name. We rejoice, but first he was obedient and he was humble and he was a servant above all else. And so just been chewing on that. And there has been two situations that came up in the last two weeks in my work outside of here. And in both of them, I was being wronged, you know, objectively, I was being wronged by two different people. One of them was coming at me from a place of just straight anger. And one of them was from a place of just straight pride. And I've been in these similar situations, even with these same people before. And so I just noticed, man, markedly, there is such a difference in my heart's response to these two people right now directly because I've been really chewing on the Savior's example of humility and servanthood. So both of them, I I thought the moment that happened is how am I going to serve this person right now? You know, how am I going to demonstrate humility to them? 
And I'm so grateful because a, that, that was the evidence in my life of God growing me and stretching me, you know, am I always Christ-like? Absolutely not. But in those two times I was, and I'm really grateful because a, like I said, a, it was me being grown, but also, man, God saved me and this person from the effects of sin. Like if I participated in that way and blown up at them or whatever that would have looked like, it would have caused strife and hurt and tension and drama and not just that, but it would have, it would have gone against the image of Jesus in this person's life, you know? And instead, because they know that I'm a safe person, they know that I claim to, to follow Jesus's way of living. Instead, it saved the strife. But also, I think that, that that's part of the process of what it looks like for us to glorify Jesus in our lives is to do what he does, right? So anyways, that for me was just very, the moment those happened, I was like, man, thank you, Jesus, that I've been chewing on this because I just felt it happening live. I mean, yeah, like you guys both said, and we dropped the ball all the time. But for those two times, thank you, Lord, because you saw it happen. Good job. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, won't, I won't wiggle out of doing one. Um, so I think I think for me, uh, I'll, I'll point to an issue that probably is on a lot of our minds on Gambling. this topic. <laughs> no, just just the idea of purity. And I'm, I'm not just talking about <clears throat> kind of the things we view. The things we look at on the internet or, or whatever, where our eyes go, um, or even just our, our thought life, you know, and where we allow our mind to go. But just the idea in, like we've been teaching the, the Beatitudes, um, well, we're teaching the Sermon on the Mount uh, at, at, in the gathering um, on Thursday nights. It's been really great. But we started off with the Beatitudes and blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And it's just this this idea of an undivided devotion to Jesus. That there's there's no there's no there's no competition in your heart. There's no double mindedness. You're just soul solely Jesus is your one thing. And it's just something that I I really desire in my life. And that in all aspects of who I am and what I see and what I think. I just want that more, you know, because I want to see God more. And I've been thinking and kind of talking with a bunch of guys just about the, the difference between accountability and fellowship, Hmm. because I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to purity, uh, we, we, we say, I need accountability. I need, I need people that will, uh, hold me to the, the standard that, that Christ is holding me to. And I think accountability is really important and it can be effective for a lot of different things. Like even just the, like we were talking about earlier about the push-up challenge, the fact that we're in it together, there's a, there's an accountability. We can ask each other about it, right? There, me, me telling somebody that, Hey, I I've got this goal to do X, Y, and Z man. Studies have shown psychologists have studied this for years that you're way more likely to reach that goal if you if you share it with somebody else and and they can ask you about it right but i think also accountability has a lot of breakpoints a lot of places where it can fail right because if i'm relying on you steven to hold me accountable when it comes to purity well you can forget to ask me the tough questions or i can lie to you <laughs> and just tell you everything's going great, right? So there's some breakpoints there. And so I think another layer, another level that 
we we that I'm I'm working to get to with with key brothers in my life is this idea of fellowship, and you can you can see see it kind of spelt out in First John chapter one, and it starts in verse five. Just this idea of uh, God being this perfect representation of holiness. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all, and if we want to have a loving fellowship with him, then we have to uh, basically acknowledge that there's darkness in us. And that's the, the process of uh, confession. It's the process of asking God for forgiveness once and for all at the moment when we put our faith in him and we, we get baptized into him and we get our sins absolved by his atoning work on the cross, but also an, an ongoing way of just saying, Hey, I, I invited death into my life by looking at this thing, or I invited death into my life by telling this lie or by operating in pride or whatever. Yeah. And God, I want to, I want to walk in the light as you were in the light. So I'm going to agree with you that what I did is only going to produce death in my life. And that's the, that's the thing. That's the process of confession. That's why God wants us to bring it to him is we're, we're aligning ourselves with what he thinks about what we did and how we've been living. And we're coming back onto the path that we've been talking about. And we're, and we're walking in light as he is in the light. But then it's really interesting because in verse 7 he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will also have fellowship with one another because the blood of God cleanses us from all sin. And so we see there's, there's a, a vertical idea of confession and walking in the light, but there's also this horizontal idea of <clears throat> it's connected because there, <laughs> I need to have people in my life that I can trust to bring my darkness into the light with, right? I need to have brothers where I'm like, hey, I, <laughs> I, I, I did this this week or I thought this this week or whatever, and so the, the difference between that and accountability is I think I'm not waiting for someone to ask me a question about something. I'm, I'm in a relationship with people where I'm committed to, to, to bring the thing into the light. And so it's me, um, it's a different kind of mindset and attitude of like, hey, I'm actively participating in this idea of walking in the light with God and with you. And so I don't know what you guys think about that, but that's something that, that I've been practicing. And, and I love how it, there's this filter and lens that we've been looking at from, by the fruit of the spirit. And just one of the, one of those things that Paul writes about in Galatians five is love. And to me, fellowship and love, they're so, they go hand in hand and you can't have fellowship with God and real true fellowship with, with your brothers and sisters, if you're not just calling things that are dark, dark, <laughs> agreeing with God on that, and then bringing those things that are dark into the light. Yeah. And so that's something that I've been practicing and just thinking about and trying to help uh, key men in my life do with me and then, you know, committing to do it with them as well. Yeah, I think, well, A, I think that's a mark of maturity and just desiring that, you know. Um, but I think it makes sense. Like, just like we would with God, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things. 
if we trust the word that, that God's plan for us is to live now together as his family and having one mind and have unity, then that just makes sense, right? And I think that one practical tool that you all can practice, that we all can benefit from, is it's uncomfortable, you know, and it takes some humility, you can eat some humble pie, but if you really desire that in your life and you have people in your life you can trust, then just ask them. Yeah. Ask them, how, how do you think I need to grow? Mm. Have you seen ways in which I fell short of Christ in our relationship or in your, your time around other people with me? You know, and it's not always fun to have that kind of conversation, but it can be so fruitful. You That's know? So cool. And I think yeah. it just demonstrates from your heart that, hey, I am coming at you with humility and gentleness and I'm open for it, you know, because sometimes it's awkward if you're like, have those things, you don't want to bring it up with someone, you know right. what I mean? So then just opening that door is a, is a gesture of, of love. And like you said, not just accountability, but wanting to walk this path together, right? Yeah, and and two things I want to say that are super important is this isn't this isn't something we do with everybody, right? It's not like, hey, let me post my oh, my darkest stuff on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, there has to be key people in your life that that you know are trustworthy, and they're not going to gossip about you. They're not going to they're not going to be <clears throat> un, unfairly uh, judgmental towards you, right? And then I think that another thing, another dynamic that has to happen is it has to be mutual, right? Like we, you don't want to be doing this with someone that's not willing to, you don't want to be calling something into the light with someone that's not willing to to do the same thing on their end too, right? Amen. So that's it. That's all I got. I rest my case. <laughs> if you're still listening to the podcast, wow. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a longer one today, but yeah. I don't know. It is but, one thing that just brings me back to just our need for God and we don't always understand his ways. Um, but it it just encourages me encourages me to like understand my need for him more is that in Galatians 5 it talks about all these like core character traits which are really traits like are gods and he's imparting that onto us, but that's the fruit of the spirit. So it's through the spirit that you are able to become, you know, take on the character of God at the same time. There are also commands for us to do yeah. <laughs> and to walk in. That's good. And so it is this partnership where, Hey, I'm, you know, God saying, Hey, I am, wanting to develop these things in you, but you got to want it too. And you got to walk in it. Mm-hmm. Good. And, you know, we could go through our lives where we're never, you know, we're followers of Jesus and we're putting in minimal effort <laughs> and not pursuing that fellowship with believers or not put pursuing that growth. But what you, the way that you're going to mature or the amount that you're going to mature in, in Christ likeness is going to be hugely minimized. Also the effectiveness that you have for the kingdom of God is going to be extremely minimized. And, you know, I love how Paul looks at it. He describes it as a race. Like nobody runs a race trying to get any other place except for first place. (laughs) And it's not that we're getting first place. Like Jesus has first place, you know, Mm -hmm. But he says, I run as if I am going for first place. 
I run as if I'm someone who's trying to get the prize. And so if we're not uh, having that mindset, there's something broken going on. You know, we need to turn to prayer, turn to the Lord. Hey, Lord, I'm not desiring the prize and I'm not desiring first place. And I recognize that in my heart and I want that. And to continually come to the Lord in that fellowship with him, confessing that, hey, I'm not there, but I want to be. Please, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. And then as you're fellowshipping there, you're you're aligning with his heart because that's also his heart is for you to seek him out. But you're also doing that with other brothers as well and utilizing all the resources that God has given us because God, one of the promises of God is that he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Mm. So we have access to what we need. And as far as temptations go, he will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. He will always provide a way out so you can stand up under it. And so if we're stuck in that mindset of, I'm a slave and I'm just like, you know, going to try for fourth place or fifth <laughs> place. Like something's off. Yeah. And to to be honest about it with the Lord, but, you know, ask him for, seek him for that desire for him more. I think that's, that's important. Amen. And, and just to recognize that like, like, do you want to experience the the benefits and beauty of freedom in your life or not? So what you're describing, this like lukewarm Christian, you're, you're living like a prisoner. You're a free person living like a prisoner. And what a shame to miss out on this newness of life. Amen. Way to bring it full circle, guys. That's, I think that's mic drop worthy. All right, y'all. Again, if you're still listening, bless you, because this has been quite quite the, the podcast. But we hope it's been encouraging and fruitful and just, just prompted thought on your end for evaluation or for encouragement. Maybe you're killing it, and if, if that's so, then that's that's great. And we're, we're grateful that you're listening along with us. Just a couple reminders. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. Whoop, whoop. It's going to be a party, and that kind of launches into what we would call Holy Week. So we'll have uh, Monday, Thursday happening at both campuses, actually, and then Good Friday service on Friday at 6 o'clock. And then, of course, Easter Sunday, um, normal service times, 9 and 11 here 10 o'clock at the Ultima. And yeah, you know, like we've said before, the, the realities of Easter are true every day of the year, right? But this is genuinely a special opportunity to maybe invite that person that maybe wouldn't normally come or just, just talk about these realities of what freedom in your life has looked like because of your Savior. So we encourage you, be bold this week, and let's see together um, just how we can praise Him and worship Him and glorify His kingdom in this coming week and a half here. I love it. Thanks again, Stephen, for being with us. Thanks and for thanks, having me. Yep. Thanks, Beholders, for listening. And see you guys next time. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.